0: If you've been following our Regina Apostolic Church social media feeds this past week, earlier you would have noticed that there was a post that was put on Instagram and on Facebook, and it reads this. It said, the decisions we make today write the testimonies we share tomorrow. I love that statement. What's interesting, though, is I didn't know that that was going to be on one of our social media feeds, and I had already written This particular statement that I'm going to read to you right now, Uh, I'd already written it into my notes, and I want to share it with you. What I wrote was this, the decisions we make today become the bedrock and framework from which we base tomorrow's actions. No matter what words we use to describe that, life is a series of decisions and actions that are made in a moment of space and time each affecting not only the next moment of decision or the next moment of action, but potentially multiple other future moments. Each of these life decisions follows what I call a risk result or a risk reward principle. We may not consciously think about it or view it that way, but that's basically the pattern that we follow. Biblically, we refer to this as we reap What we sow, or we plant what we harvest. I'll get to that in a moment as I talk about um, Peter and his life. Last weekend, Pastor Jim started off us on a fantastic sermon series that we called How Are We to Live? He took us through parts of David's life from the Old Testament, challenging each of us to look for opportunities where we can live courageously. Now, if you weren't able to make it to church last weekend, or if you haven't had the chance yet to listen to Pastor Jim's message, I want to strongly encourage you to do so. It's posted on our church website, reginaapp.com. His message is an excellent reminder of how we can live courageously in today's rapidly changing world. There were a couple of lines from last weekend's message that stood out to me as I was listening to it. Pastor Jim said courage, and then he defined it. He said courage is to confront issues that cause fear or anxiety to rise up inside of us and proceed anyway. I love that. Keep going. Keep moving forward. He also said the Bible gives us the antidote for fear and anxiety to so fight back with trust in God and our acts of courage in the face of fear unlock our chains of anxiety not only with ourselves but also for those around us who are watching us i think that's important to remember in these days especially this week i've picked a few snapshots of a new testament character Simon Peter. Now observations from his life show us where and how in Christ we can all live a transformed life. One that demonstrates what a broken to bold, that's the title of my message, what a broken to bold life looks like in real time. Peter lived a true risk result, risk reward kind of life. Much of how Simon Peter is portrayed throughout the Gospels, throughout the Bible, especially in the Gospel-centered movies that maybe some of you have seen, is portrayed as a rough-edged, rugged man of the sea. A fisherman who comes across as somewhat brash and abrasive and maybe even at times abrupt. He's the zealous one with a harsh personality but a whole lot of fervor. He's your all-in-with-both-feet kind of guy. No, Literally. He's the one who's not afraid to get wet or take action when some of the other disciples weren't quite there yet. Or they simply needed more time to consider some of the outcomes. Peter was one of those get-out-of-my-way guys, that make-room-for-me kind of guy, the cut-in-line sort of guy, the me-first Having to be center stage kind of guy. The guy you wish you had the courage to be. That guy. Right? That's the way that we have oftentimes viewed Peter. One processing the outcomes after the fact, not first. But a closer examination of Peter's life, especially while reading the two letters that he wrote in first, and second Peter reveal a man whose life wasn't quite the way maybe we've portrayed him. Peter was actually the way I've looked at him recently. He was actually a broken, conflicted, confused man, much like you and I, who eventually discovered what bold looked like after his own encounter with the cross of Jesus. In studying Simon Peter's life, though, I see a man who found confidence in the Lord, but it came after a time of personal conflict and confusion. I see a man who became a stalwart of the faith, but only after a time of personal insecurity and inner wrestling with his own insufficiencies. I see a man who stood firm in his convictions, but it was after faltering for a season with some of his own personal commitments that he had made. I see a man who lived under disguise come to a place of a new discovery, but not only, but only in that moment when he was willing to surrender his personal brokenness for a new boldness found in a divine encounter with Christ. Peter's life is a beautiful summary of the Holy Spirit's restorative work in the midst of missteps and mistakes. It's a reminder of the promises that we have in Christ who gives us everything we ever need for life and for godliness, for effective living, for sustaining a productive, healthy lifestyle that bears lasting fruit. I love Peter. I love his story and if we take the time to read through the Gospels and read through First and 2 Peter, you're going to see something unfold in your life. We can relate to him. So let's look at a snapshot of Peter's life. Imagine with me for a moment Peter's social media platform, if he would have had one. His profile, his online presence. What would you read if he was on Instagram or if he was on Facebook? What would he be posting out there. Suppose he had snapshot or Twitter like we have today. In his day, if the apostle Peter would have had that social media presence, what would he have posted about himself? Maybe it's this. Picture Peter. And I've got my phone here, but picture Peter taking selfies and posting those selfies onto his media feed. Kind of like this. And there it goes. But what would he have put on there? What would he have taken pictures of? Let me give you some of these snapshots that he might have posted. First disciple called by Jesus. Just saw Jesus heal my mother-in-law's fever. Unbelievable. Couldn't find Jesus. Totally scared me. He was alone praying. And I told him not to do that ever again. I need him. We need him. Everyone is looking for you, Jesus. Just a few simple things that maybe he would have put down. Got the first disciple spot again. Loving it. Got caught in a crazy storm tonight out on the sea. Saw Jesus walking on the water, though. Freaked me out. Just got back from a ministry tour. Amazing. Saw so many things, so many miracles. Spent the day hanging out with Jesus today. Unbelievable stuff. Jesus taught us again today. His teachings are so different, so different than what I hear so many others saying. Today I found myself telling Jesus that he was the Messiah. Couldn't believe it came out of my mouth. I was right though. Maybe one of my proudest moments but he told us not to tell anyone. I wonder what that's about. Then he told me, and I remember this so clearly, he said, Peter, on this rock, and he was referring to, at least in my mind, referring to that time when he called me out and said, Peter, you are a rock. On this rock, I'm going to build my church. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but he said it. Jesus rebuked me again today. Can't not figure him out. I'm trying so hard. Craziest day ever. Jesus transformed right in front of James and John and me. I saw Elijah and Moses. You know, we should have set up tents on that mountain. Jesus didn't agree. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I denied Jesus three times. I'm such a failure. I've messed things up horribly. It was in that moment, it was at that moment that the Lord turned and looked at Peter. It tells us in Luke 22, verse 61 and 62, at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter in his brokenness, And suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. And as I read those words this week as I was preparing, something spoke to me so deeply. And it wasn't just about the fact that Jesus had said to him, you're going to deny me three times and the rooster's going to crow. That's not what it's about. The promises that Jesus had said so many, so many times to Peter during their times of being together, promises started flashing back through his mind. And Peter left that courtyard. He knew he'd failed. He was broken, deeply broken inside. And it says, he wept bitterly as he walked through that courtyard, bitterly. You see, that was Peter's redeeming moment. His breaking point a divine turning point in Peter's life. From that point on, when Peter captures Jesus' face, listen to this, Jesus' face, his love, his compassion, his kindness, his grace, his forgiveness, in that one moment, Peter's life was forever changed. He was never the same after that. He moved from broken to bold in an instant. The moment he truly met Jesus I me mean, truly met Jesus what not just hanging out with him but truly met him and encountered him prior to that encounter Peter was a man more conflicted by his own fears and his own faults and his own facade than he was convicted of his faith after that encounter, Peter became a man convinced of God's faithfulness, guided by God's enduring promises. Listen to these words of exhortation that are found in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. And he reiterates it again in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2, with just a little bit lengthier. But he says, these words: may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. Understand where Peter had come from. Understand that he was a man with this conflict, a man who was broken on the interior, but on the exterior presented something very, very different. But in that moment, somewhere along the line, he found God's grace. He found God's peace. He found God's forgiveness. He changed. He entered from broken to bold and a new life, a new testimony as he began to to move forward in his life. Let's follow Peter as he continues his letter just a few verses later. in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, this is what it reads, and he says this, you love him even though you have never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward of trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. As I read that, And I started thinking and pondering back to Peter's walk with the Lord. All those times where he and the disciples would have been together. And he's listening to Jesus and something in those moments, yes, there were seeds being planted, but now as he's presenting it in his letters and he's writing it, he says, you love him, though you have never seen him. Peter's saying, I was there. I was there with him and I missed it. But you, you love him even if you haven't seen him. But he's showing himself to you. And you're learning to trust in him. And that's what we need to do in these days. We need to learn to trust him. Learn to put our faith in him. To walk with him. And the best that we can. The reward of trusting him will be a life. A reward. A life of testimony of his goodness and his faithfulness. I want to say this, that it's in the risky action of removing the masks covering our insecurities and insufficiencies that we move from living broken to bold. We need to be willing to take the masks off. We need to be willing to open up our hearts and open up our lives It's in that risk that the reward comes. Peter nearly stifled his own potential because he was too preoccupied and self-absorbed in his own pursuits than surrendered to God's purposes. And if we want to reach our potential, we have to be willing to surrender ourselves to him fully. Broken does not have to eliminate bold. Let's understand that. Likewise, bold should not erase broken. Our lives can exemplify both. But it is knowing when and where and for what reasons and in which areas it's okay to be broken and then to live bold. Living broken before the Lord in a context where He's the one that breaks our heart for the things that break His. That's good and then boldly stepping out in faith to accomplish what he's put on our heart, individually, but also corporately as a church. Now, if there's anything that we can draw from Peter's life, it's how his walk exemplifies the necessity for each of us in Christ to be quick to listen. And what I mean by that is not only to hear, but to heed. To pay attention and then give ourselves to it. To be quick to learn. To observe, but also absorb everything that God is doing in our lives and how what he's speaking to us. Quick to love. And that's to extend compassion and kindness and grace. Those things that will go a long ways, especially today. But also to be quick to lead, to trust, and to follow, and to obey. We have five takeaways quickly that I want to give to you. See, the cross frees us to live with bold revelation. It frees us to live with a bold life transformation, a bold conviction, a bold declaration of our faith, and a bold mission. In Christ, we as believers, empowered by the Holy Spirit, are to live with, number one, I would say, a bold identity. That we know who we are, and that we don't back away from that, but we step into it, and we engage in every aspect that we can as believers, as followers of Christ. I want to encourage you, that if you struggle with your identity, go into God's word. Spend some time in prayer. Search out what it is to truly be a Christ follower in today's world. In a culture that's so rapidly changing around us. But yet solid in our convictions. Number two would be a bold intimacy. Intimacy that we would take time to pray and that we would take time to study God's word. And if you find yourself at home and if you find yourself that that you have extra moments, maybe in the midst of having to be at home for work and you get done that work and there you are, in that space or you know the self quarantine if we know that lots of people have been doing that what an incredible opportunity we have to quiet ourselves down before the lord with getting away from a lot of the other distractions that maybe have have become so busy in our lives setting those things aside let's take time to pray and let's take time to get into god's word and let it feed us becoming more intimate with the lord I would say the third takeaway would be this, to engage in a bold integrity. What do I mean by bold integrity? In his book, Integrity, the courage to meet the demands of reality, Dr. Henry Cloud, he describes integrity as this. He describes it as the whole thing working well, undivided, integrated, intact, and uncorrupted. It's the state of being whole and undivided, the condition of being unified, unimpaired, and sound in construction. He essentially defines integrity as being a whole person, an integrated person, with all our different parts working well and delivering the functions that they were designed to deliver. It's about wholeness and effectiveness as people running on all cylinders. I love that definition, the way that he describes that part of integrity. You see, integrity is the idea of virtue becoming a force. It's only when we begin to integrate Christ into every part of our lives that we become whole and effective, running on all cylinders, living as God designed us to live. Working as God designed us to work. Loving as God designed us to love. A virtuous force affecting the culture in which we live with the life-transforming message of the gospel for his glory and for our joy. Live with a bold integrity. Allow the Lord, allow the work of his spirit to integrate into every part of who you are. And if you're struggling with broken areas of your life, allow him to heal and to mend so that you can be made whole because that's what he came for. And it leads to a fourth takeaway, and that's to think about a bold intensity giving ourselves all in like Peter in moments of his life, being willing to get wet, being willing to jump in with both feet, that kind of intensity. Let's not pull away, but let's let's really begin to engage as a church family into the things that God has for us now and for the future. And then fifthly, I'm going to say this, a bold ingenuity. So if we start with it, we're talking about number one, takeaway: live with a bold identity. Number two, a bold intimacy with the Lord through prayer and through the word, a bold integrity of living in a state of wholeness and effectiveness. Number four, that bold intensity and all in kind of faith and life journey. Number five, a bold ingenuity, the essence of, A.W. Tozer says this. He says, the essence of true religion is spontaneity. It's the sovereign moving of the Holy Spirit upon and in the free spirit of redeemed men and women. This has, through the years of human history, been the hallmark of spiritual excellence, the evidence of reality in a world of unreality. It's kind of the way it feels right now, isn't it? Reality in the midst of an unreality. But in the midst of all of this, God is still sovereign. And he is spontaneous. And he works that way. And so can I encourage us that today is a new day. It's a new reality. that's open for new opportunities where God's people, you and I, can be creative and proactive and expressive in our faith and ask the Lord for fresh, original ideas and new initiatives that you can begin to use and implement into your new and challenging daily routines to connect with others and to reach into our community, our part of the city, to bring the gospel to those who need their own fresh encounter with Christ, with his love, with his grace, with his hope, his forgiveness, and his peace. This is not a time for us individually or as a church to be passive. It's a time for us to boldly, actively relay hope to those working through the brokenness of their lives. Sharing Christ's love, bringing peace, Being that voice of confidence in this conflicted and confused time that we now live in. Peter's life, at one point, he was in that place. Maybe you're in that place, but you don't have to stay in that place. God can take each one of us and move us from broken to bold in a moment. With one encounter with Jesus. One encounter with the cross. One encounter is all it takes. If you've never had that one encounter, I encourage you, reach out. Jesus is near. He promises us that. He shows us that. He is faithful, and he will meet you right where you are. Peter says these words as I close. In 2 Peter chapter 1, the first part of verse 3, He says these words, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. That's where it starts, coming to know him. Whether you're here under the joy or under the sound of my voice, watching online or at home or listening to this podcast, I'd love to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone today that is listening, that is watching, that you would reach into their place of brokenness, that you would mend, that you would heal, that you would restore, that you would make whole, and that you would take those broken places in our lives and that you would fix them and that they become a place of beauty that we can begin to share with others, that life transformation that we have gone through and that we could be bold about our faith, about our walk with you. So in the name of Jesus, I pray even today that if there's anybody who for the very first time would want to reach out and call on your name and see you looking at them and they say, Jesus, I need you. I don't know what else to say, but I need you. I give my life to you. And as they do that today, Lord, that they would discover a new and fresh and vibrant life, one that is free, one that has peace, one that has hope. And I pray that today in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.